What's up everybody, it's your boy Matty. We have some exciting news for you. We have been provided a special discount promo code from BioSteel Sports to give to our loyal Canada Hoops followers and listeners. The discount code is CanadaHoops30. You get 30% off your order. It's online only and valid in Canada. BioSteel is a tremendous brand and their sports hydration and sports nutrition products are incredible. I use BioSteel hydration products all the time, especially playing basketball. We're excited to offer the Canada Hoops 30 discount code to you. When you make a purchase online at biosteel.ca using the Canada Hoops 30 discount code, you're also supporting Canada Hoops podcast at the same time. BioSteel is not an official partner or sponsor of Canada Hoops, but they have provided us and you with this awesome discount. Thank you to our listeners and followers for your continued love and support of Canada Hoops podcast. And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Canada Hoops. It's your boy, Matty. We appreciate your continued support. Please keep downloading and sharing us. Rate and review Canada Hoops wherever you get your podcasts. Our incredible guest today represents Toronto, Ontario. He is a former Eastern Commerce Saint, Fordham Ram, and Trier Gladiator. He is a current GM of the 2022 CEBL champion Hamilton Honey Badgers and the founder of 50 for Free. And of course, he was a longtime veteran of the senior men's national team for Canada basketball. He is Jermaine Rock Anderson. Jermaine, thanks for joining us on Canada Heaps, man. No, thank you so much, Matty, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, excited, man. We finally connected. Uh, <laughs> Long time. Our, our listeners, man, we had no doubt we had some technical issues, but we're here. And uh, I know the, the Canada Hoops listeners and uh, the, the Canada basketball community has been asking for you. So we appreciate your time. Uh, how's life, Jermaine? Let our, our listeners know and your fans know how you're doing, um, you know, especially coming off a great summer there, man. Yeah, honestly, um, I feel great. You know, um, I. I, I tell people this all the time. Like I have a new appreciation for life. I was in Shanghai um, during the lockdown over there and I was there right. for 43 days before I was able to get out. Um, so just going through that and, you know, having limited access to, to food and, um, you know, not being able to get out and live life like a normal human being um, was tough. Right. So, you know, being back home and around family, um, you know, obviously coming off the, the championship um, was a blessing and, you know, being able to be around, you know, our, our staff and coaches, players, everybody. Um, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying my time at home. That's awesome, man. We'd love to hear that. And uh, I think, you know, from what I saw after the championship, I know you were just soaking it in and uh, I, I could tell just seeing that appreciation and that love and, I, I could tell for you personally that meant a lot. So I just think that's that's great, man. And if anyone deserves it, it's you. Um, 
have you had much downtime after the season like you know a little bit of wind down time for yourself yeah a little bit a little bit when i came back from shanghai i pretty much hit the ground running uh, i came yeah. in on a friday and we started our training camp uh, i think it was a uh, tuesday we had our first meeting tuesday evening and then so training camp and it's been in in season mode but to be honest it's, right. it's been fun it's been a, a great learning experience you know, I'm extremely um, appreciative of the opportunity that, you know, John Lashway, our, our, our team president and the Honey Badger organization has provided for me. And honestly, it's just, right. just learning, learning every day. Um, but now that it's over, uh, you know, I'm getting a, getting a chance to relax and, um, yeah, just kind of go through the renovation process of my, uh, my new home. So. Um, you know, it's just, like I said, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the time with family and loved ones. Nice. Good for you, man. Um, you know, was a GM role or involvement in a team in some capacity, something you always had your eye on when you were, you know, winding down your playing career? Yeah. I mean, I, I always knew that I didn't want to transition, you know, into the coaching side, but I I wanted to stay connected to the game. So as I was going through that process, initially thought that I was going to be like on Bay street. I was going to be in like the, the financial world. And I shadowed right. a couple people. And as much as I love finance, um, felt a bit slow uh, at the time when I was, when I was going through it, um, you know, so, and, and then I went back to school, uh, Ryerson now TRM, uh, did my MBA. And I was like, you know what, if I could take what it is I've learned, from my playing career, um, you know, obviously going back to do my MBA and if I could somewhat figure out how to do that on, on, on the sport, on, on the organizational side of sport, um, I felt like it would have been fun and a great opportunity. And I met with John Lashway and I was able to, I was presented with the opportunity in late December of 2019 and I started in January of 2020. Um, right. so I would say like I didn't start thinking about it until after I was retired. But um, after I retired, sorry. But honestly, I think it's, I think I made a, a really good decision <laughs> instead of you know entering Bay Street and going through that grind. You know. Yeah, you're making it look easy. Um, you know how like the CEBL is you know tremendous. It's on the rise. I think we're getting ready. Next season will be the fifth season for the league. Um, you know how important in a short amount of time. As a CEBL, we just become for basketball in Canada, continuing to grow the game, put more more basketball in more markets across the country, and allowing uh, players to play at home. Like just from your point of view as a guy that I'm sure would have loved to have the league to come back to in the summers. Mm-hmm. You know how special is this league, and how important is it, man? Oh man, it's great. It's honestly, it's uh, like I tell everybody, it's a blessing. You know, to, the one thing I've always said. Being overseas is that I wish I was able to play at home in front of friends and family and loved ones while being able to make, um, you know, a sufficient amount of money. But I feel like with having a summer pro league, our, our domestic pros are able to, to, to do that, right? Because they make the majority of their money throughout the fall, winter months. And they're able to right. come back and, um, you know, make additional income and, and, you know, do all the things I just mentioned, right? Playing in front of family and loved ones. And it's also provided an opportunity for myself, um, you know, former former athletes, you know, Joel Anthony, 
Um, Brady Heslip, Javon Shepard, Javon Shepard, to name a few. Um, so it's it's changed the uh, I would say like the basketball ecosystem, right? Where players, coaches, therapists, support staff, uh, front office staff are able to um, grow and learn and you know be a part of uh, an organizational structure, um, you know. And I think I think the league's just going to continue to grow. And, you know, being a part of it for the last three years, the league has grown exponentially. Um, and it's just, it's just been a great experience. And I think it's going to continue to help, you know, numerous Canadians move forward. Yeah, for sure. Well done. I mean, uh, you brought up uh, a point I had just obviously with yourself and Shep, Joel, and Brady uh, helping teams and having those roles like this. For an older head like me, I guess it's it's you know a lot of those guys and yourself that I always watch the national team. It's cool to see those opportunities for you guys um, to come back and contribute and make a difference. Um, they're um, moving the Guelph team here to Calgary, where I live. Uh, I know the the basketball community here is very excited about that. Um, that team's going to do well here. They're going to get a lot of love. Um, so. Yeah, major major props to the league. It's on the rise, and uh, I know a lot of our listeners watch the league and, and follow it. But if anyone's listening and you don't, you gotta you gotta follow the CBL. Oh, gotta, tremendous. You gotta tune in. It's, it's no doubt. It's great basketball. Absolutely. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about fifty for free, Jermaine. I know it's um, it's what you're really passionate about, and what you put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, uh, helping the youth. Just tell us what. 50 for free is all about and uh, how and why you uh, founded this incredible program, man. Yeah. So uh, 50 for free is, is my heart. You know, this is, this is my passion project, but 50 for free youth community initiative is designed to teach financial literacy and other life skills through sport to high school students from marginalized communities. And, you know, as you know, um, financial literacy is somewhat non-existent in our education system throughout the, uh, across the country. <laughs> Big time. Big time. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, just seeing the mistakes that, you know, I've made, um, things that I wish uh, I knew, um, mistakes that uh, I've seen my, my teammates make over the years. Um, and honestly, like, we just want to, like, instill, just in, in, instill the, the life skills that are needed um, to be able to create generational wealth for you know you know people from my community um but another thing that we do as well is we um run financial literacy workshops throughout the calendar school year uh through various high schools throughout the city as well too so we just want to we want to fill that void um we want to help alleviate the financial burden that um many families face you know trying to find summer programs and, you know, being able to, um, you know, afford it is a whole other topic, but, you know, the program's free of charge for our participants. Um, and we just want to provide the, the, the best holistic development experience possible, you know, and from what I've seen over the years, like, you know, AAU teams, you know, there, there are so many AAU teams. There are so many like, you know, quote unquote, high level training organizations. Um, you know, but there are there are just uh, a lot of young people that just want to play the game, just want to have fun, maybe playing for the first time. And right. you know, we like, we don't necessarily care about their skill level. So as long as they 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 come in and appreciate the program and want to learn, 
you know, about money and, and life skills are going to help them move forward. And, you know, then we've done our job. So that's pretty much the idea around it. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to grow and, um, you know, run workshops across, across the country, you know, at some point. Yeah. Super great, man. Um, you know, I, I obviously follow it, uh, on all social media platforms. I love what you're doing. I know that the kids are super engaged and excited and, um, I just want our listeners and your fans that maybe don't know, uh, head to 50 for com to see what it's all about. Uh, hit up 50 for free on social media and, and support the program and support Jermaine and, and the kids with what they're doing. It's important. Um, we need it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, rock, let's run it back, man. Tell us what, a a young Jermaine was like growing up in Toronto. Uh, did you play other sports as well? And then, you know, how did uh, basketball ultimately take shape for you, man? Yeah, I mean, growing up, actually, soccer was, was my first love. Um, cool. I used to watch it Saturday, Saturday mornings with my grand my grandfather. On, I think it was a Channel 4. It was like the, the Italian network. And uh, mm-hmm. I became a Milan, uh, AC Milan fan early. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, honestly, like I, I, was, I was one of those kids that always had a, a huge backpack on. Um, I, I played rec ball, played at, you know, for Trinity. I, I played OBA for BJC, um, you know, played AU for grassroots and then obviously, um, playing for Eastern. So I would at times have two or three practices a day. I was a gym rat, you know, and I'd get in before school started, you know, at, at Eastern we practiced from seven to, to, to eight thirty, Um, and then I'd have AU practice and, you know, playing OBA, you know, so for me, it was all about like just trying to, to find the best run, all right, whether that was at, you know, Falstaff, um, you know, John Ennis, wherever. And yeah, at the time, no, there was no social media, no YouTube. Um, so you pretty much just had to, to go around the city, play, put in the work to make a name for yourself. Um, right. And for me, I took everything, I, th- I took everything um, personal. You know, I wanted to, you know, to, to be the, you know, quote unquote best. Um, and I was far from that at a young age and, you know, I just pretty much just continued to work, kept at it. Um, and yeah, and, you know, coach Triano gave me my, my first opportunity to, to play with the national team. You know, I started in 03 and I got a chance to work out with Steve and, and, and that group, um, before yeah. they all finished up and, um, yeah, I got I, and I got my uh, you know my my first chance to to play in two thousand and four in Beijing, um, you know, and played until until two thousand and eighteen. After that, so honestly, it was just just growing up and, and and just just playing outside, and and I was able to you know to turn that into a pro career and um, you know get a scholarship you know to Fordham and you know be able to you know graduate free of charge, you know, cause my family didn't have yeah. the, the, the money to, to be able to, to pay for my, my schooling. So, right. um, you know, I was able to use basketball and, you know, see the world and, and, you know, make some money while doing it, you know, and made incredible and made incredible friendships. And, um, you know, the one thing I always tell people, if, if I had nothing, it's at my passport and a backpack, you know, I could probably go to, 10 to 15 countries and somebody would take care of me. Right. And love it. That's often just playing the game, you know? So yeah, that's, that's me, the young, the young gym rat. (laughs) 
I like it, man. No, I mean, you know what? Uh, on every level, like in terms of the game, you know, it's um, it's special. You know, it's like I'm still deeply connected to it. Um, had an opportunity to play, you know, provincial level stuff too, and um, you know, here we are. I'm, I'm chatting with you because uh, because of the game. You know, so I just think the game is is special for everyone on some level. Um, you know, when you started loving the game, and you're like, yeah, I'm a hooper. Who did you look up to? on the basketball court whose game made you say wow like they're nice in in the city or or nba anywhere in, in your community you guys looked up to or or in the league whoever whoever you really liked man yeah i would say the guys that i looked up to i'd probably say um there's a local point guard named sheldon sheldon tingles um okay. who, was, who was a big time player at the time um you know i'm just trying to think of all the old heads for me like you know wayne smith you know, David yep. Reed, um, you know, Chris Exless, who's the, the head coach of, of the Scarborough Shooting Stars now. Right. Um, you know, Junior Reed, who was my age, Damien Reed's little brother, but he, he took me under, under his wing, even though we were the same age. Um, and then, you know, NBA, you know, Steve, you know, obviously, right. um, you know, Isaiah Thomas, I got a chance to meet him um, in 95 when the uh, Raptors ran their first camp, um, right. you know, so just being around him and, um, you know, Kevin Johnson, just, just different people, obviously, you know, Michael Jordan was the, the guy yeah. for, for all of us and, and Penny Hardaway. Um, yeah. but I think the guys in the community really shaped my, my love for the game and, you know, just being around them and, you, you know, um, you know, row, you know, the rose runs, you know, the grassroots runs and, yeah. You know, just being the guy that would have to sit until the the final run until I <laughs> I was given an opportunity to play, but just being right. able to watch and, and 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 sort of build, right? And um, I think it helped because I had to work for everything. I wasn't given anything, right? Like I, I wasn't the guy that was necessarily ranked in the you know top ten in my class until until my senior year, right? Where I, where I was ranked second in the country after Denim Brown, so. You know, it was just just being just being around people that were, uh, you know, at, at a much higher level. Um, you right. know, definitely, I would say like it it it, it helped me. Um, it helped my work ethic. I would say right because I knew that right. I had to, to to work at my craft. Um, but I learned a lot, you know, from being around those guys. And you know, I'm extremely grateful for them. You know, Colin Charles is another one. You know, Eastern guy and. Um, yeah. seeing what he, he was able to do at his size at the time when I was in middle school. And, you know, he's probably that group that, that he's that, that group with Colin and all those guys, Jamal, like they're the reason why I even ended up going to Eastern. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was my next uh, point with the Eastern, you know, you played there and um, special group of players that have played there. You mentioned Jamal and Colin. Um, you know, and I love the documentary that was put out. I know you were in it and having mm-hmm. a, a few comments and all the guys that uh, played there in that school was so impactful. Um, you know, just what it, overall, like, what does it mean for you to be just forever linked to uh, the Eastern Commerce Saints basketball program at uh, a special school? Oh, uh, it's special. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it shaped, shaped my character. You know, Eastern was a place... It, you know, from the outside, you know, people might look down on Eastern. And it's like, oh, you know, it's a, 
you know, quote unquote, you know, thug school. But right. it was essentially a bunch of um, just guy, you know, young men and young women from different communities across the city, right? Different inner city communities. Um, but we all shared a similar passion for sport, right? Our, our, our family situation, um, our socioeconomic situation, where it was all somewhat similar, um, right. you know, which at times did make it somewhat of, somewhat of a dangerous environment. But we were all there because we had, you know, hoop dreams, right? Like we all wanted to, to be on the senior team. We all wanted to, to, to get a scholarship somewhere. Um, but just being around a, a group of people that, you know, were, were hungry, similar, situation, similar situations, and it shaped all of us, all of us. And, and we're still close friends to this day. Um, you know, last weekend, I went out with a bunch of guys that we, that, that we all went to high school together, nice. right? And, you know, the coach at Edmonton Stingers, Jermaine Small, um, right. you know, just, just a bunch of us. We all just went out and um, we we're in chat groups together and his family, you know, and, you know, Roy Rana, you know, still talk to like every week. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. Um, but we're, we're, we're forever linked. Uh, we're family. And, you know, it's, it's more than just, it's more than just basketball, right? Like it's, it's life. Like now, you know, you know, some of, some of us have kids and family and it's, it's all the same. Like I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm an uncle to their, to, to their children and, you know, Eastern, you know, to me is, is the greatest basketball program in our country's history. I agree, man. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously being out West, I never got a chance to see you guys, but just, I was always like enamored with it. Just thinking like, how are the, all these incredible players coming from one high school? And this is, you know, Canada hadn't really developed like you know, AAU teams yet. And so I'm like, this is bonkers, man. Like, you know what? This school is incredible. I just thought the stories there and the people that have gone there are special. So I've always liked to kind of touch on that with guests. I just think it's it's super dope. Um, you know, at what time when you're at Eastern Rock did you start feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play at the next level and, you know, talk just talk about the recruitment and looking to play Division One. Just just take us through that, man. Uh, I, when did I when did I feel that I was ready to go? I get to the- yeah, like you know, when did you feel like yeah, okay, Division One is definitely going to happen, and um, you know, start looking at offers. Just just take us through that because like that's hard for a young player sometimes to navigate, right? Yeah, I'd probably say grade. Uh, I'd probably say grade ten. Okay. Um, uh, I was given an opportunity to to play also with with the senior team. Um, okay. And then just being around those guys, like I felt like I was ready. Um, but it wasn't until like I, I started playing AAU, like once I started like to once I was on the circuit and right. you know, I was playing against, you know, guys that were, you know, top five or five star and five star now at the time they're just, you know, maybe hoops whatever the publication was at the time or slam or ESPN, whatever top uh ten. And being able to, to, to compete, right? Like I felt like I could hold my own, right? It's not like now where, you know, players are in prep school and, you know, guys are going back and forth every weekend, right? You know, playing against U.S. competition was, was somewhat rare, right? There was only like one of, there was only two AU programs at the time. Um, but once I was on that circuit and, um, 
you know, able to play against those guys, you know, throughout, throughout, uh, you know, July and August, you know, I, I, I started to gain a bit more confidence and I felt, you know, I was ready to go. And, and the one thing that I did is I was able to take care of my SAT stuff early. Um, so I, I took the test in, in grade 11. Um, so it was just a matter of getting an offer and going from there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I started getting letters and, um, you know, which at the time, you know, was everything where there was a, a letter that they sent to, to everybody or it was handwritten. Right. Um, you know, anytime that you saw, you saw like a school's logo and, 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 and your name attached to it, you know, it felt like an offer. Um, but once, once I started getting letters in, in, in grade 11 and grade 12 and, you know, my SAT was out of the way, like I, I, I felt like I was ready, you know, I was ready to go. Um, and then at Eastern, we, we went to Italy, um, for, uh, for a tournament out there and we stayed with host families and I was out there for two weeks and it was the first time that I was exposed to international competition. And then I played really well there, ended up, you know, being first, like a first team all-star. And once I, once I came back from that trip, I, I felt like I was ready. Like that was that trip. And then everything that I was able to do throughout the summer months, you know, I felt like I was a D1 player after that. Why, uh, why Fordham, man? Just talk about that decision and the, uh, the choice to go there. Like, was there any other schools that you were looking really hard at? Yeah. So I actually, um, before I committed to, to Fordham, um, the uh, assistant coach for Marquette came and he, he visited my home. So I thought that I thought that I was going to go to Marquette, but they, they said that I would probably end up playing behind Travis Diener for like two or three years. Okay. You know, it didn't make sense. Yeah. And then I visited Drake in Des Moines, Iowa, um, and then I actually committed to Drake. I was like, oh, okay, oh, wow. playing Missouri Valley. And I was just like, I don't know where Des Moines, Iowa is. When I was there, I was just like, oh, it's like middle of nowhere. But um, right. they, they, were, they were after me for a long, uh, for a long time. And then Fordham came on late, you know, and Bob Hill, um, you know, came to visit my family. And then uh, I went on a visit there. And at the time, Ashanti Burke from the city, I don't know if you know Ashanti Burke, but he was at Fordham at the time. Um, and then so I went on the visit. I was just like, oh, wow, like this is, this is great. It's New York right. is in the Bronx, beautiful campus, closer to home. So I decommitted from Drake and ended up, um, yeah, ended up signing with Fordham. But I, I think the main reason was it was just close, close to home being in New York City. And everybody said that it was, you know, academically, it was top notch. Right. And then I, I learned that early because I struggled my first year. Um, I almost funked out and I was able to figure it out. But, um, you know, Bob Hill really sold me on the opportunity um, to, to, to play with Smush Parker, who was there at the time. Um, right. But then Smush ended up <laughs> declaring for the draft, so I didn't end up playing with him. But right. at the time, you know, I think Fordham – was the school that was somewhat most appealing uh, to me. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, you know, you mentioned the academic side being hard uh, that first year, but just talk about that adjustment, you know, uh, both on and off the floor that first year, um, you know, because that's always a, um, sometimes it's a tough tough step for people, right? Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely tough. You know, the one thing that I did when I was at Eastern, I took care of business early, right? So after my grade 12 year, 
I was already pretty much done. Right. So right. like I said, I already did my, my SAT, ACT. Um, you know, I, I took care of everything academically. So I used the OAC year as a year just to like, just focus on, on hoops. And then right. when, in, when I was a freshman at Fordham, I was just kind of just thrown into the, the academic fire. Like, I was like, Oh wow. Like, I have to do work again. And, you know, I got caught up in, in being in New York and being a freshman and running yeah. around and, and then obviously like trying to balance out being a student athlete. Um, and I failed miserably. Right. And, 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 and coach Hill had like an NBA mindset, right. It was like, take care of business. Like you're a man now. Right. Like right. you didn't necessarily have anybody that was honest. Um, and then I remember the, the, the guidance counselor called me and it was just like, look, like if you don't turn this around in year two, like you're done, like you're going right. to flunk out. Uh, and then coach, coach Derek Wittenberg ended up coming in. Um, Bob Hill got let go and, you know, Derek somewhat changed the uh, coach Wittenberg changed the, the structure of, you know, how we did things. We had, you know, we had study hall every day and there was something that was on us. And um, in many ways, uh, you know, I think it, it saved me. Um, cause I, I needed that at the time. Um, and I was able to, you know, turn things around and, um, you know, and, and, you know, academically I started to get better, but, you know, on the court, like, um, my game started to develop as well. You know, my, my sophomore year was a bit tough. Um, right. my, my appendix burst, I had an emergency surgery. My mouth was oh. wired shut. Delonte West um, accidentally hit me with his elbow, and um, right. I was in the hospital for a while. So my sophomore year was was a disaster. I collapsed on the flight because I was dehydrated. Um, so I probably almost died on most occasions. But uh, my junior and senior year um, was you know was great. You know, second team. You know, all the all the line attend my senior year and the athlete of the year uh, at Fordham. But you know, I, I would I would say that. Coach Wittenberg, you know, turned things around for me when I was there. Yeah, I mean, you are a celebrated Ram, and, um, you know, you did lead the team of scoring your senior season. And then uh, I think after that freshman year, like you mentioned, like that's when you start going to camp with Canada too. So <laughs> I'm sure that sort of helped your game. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. And, yeah, yeah, and in the A-10 um, – I'm not sure if you know. Uh, I had uh, I had Buck on. I had Jermaine Buckner on the show. Wow, and, uh, Richmond Spider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I I asked Buck about being able to match up with you guys and uh, and you, and he said, you know, you guys had a close relationship throughout mm -hmm. the years, um, and then you got to run with Buck on the national team too. So I just thought that was cool because the A10s always kind of had a lot of Canadians throughout yeah. it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's super cool. Um, yeah, I love Buck. Buck's hey, family. Yeah, you know what? I actually played against Buck when we were like provincials. Uh, oh wow! So it was super great to like kind of connect with them and just kind of he remembers playing against me and obviously he went on to bigger, better things. But um, did you did you put in work against him? You you put in work? Yeah, when he was playing with Alberta, because I grew up in the uh, little factory. I grew up in the Yukon up north, but we had teams that would come down and play nationals and stuff and then um we actually got like a pretty close relationship with the alberta guys because um which is we always seem to be like rooming next to them wherever we were staying at so we support each other so him and uh steve sir steve sir yeah uh yeah played against those guys so um it was always cool to follow their careers and 
It was just cool. I didn't know you and him. That's my point. I didn't know you and him had such a, a close relationship. So when he filled me in on that, I thought that was super great, man. So yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, yeah, no doubt. When you uh, you finish up at Fordham and you're going pro, uh, you know what options were you looking at in front of you? I think I read you you did summer league that year with the Raptors. Yeah. Um, but just take us through that pro uh, pro journey and and just you know making it that next level, man. Yeah, you know, at the time when I was um, getting ready to graduate, you know, I think the the hardest decision that I had to make was being able to find an agent um, or an agency that was going to have my best interest at heart. Um, right. So going through that process was, was extremely difficult because I didn't really, I didn't necessarily have anybody that I could reach out to um, and ask about the process. Right. right. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I leaned heavily on, on coach Wittenberg and met with different people. Um, and then I ended up signing with, with Kenny Grant. So it's actually, uh, so oddly enough, Buckner and I signed with the exact same agent and we didn't even know. Right. So, okay, cool. cool. Um, so yeah, so going through that, you know, I, I signed with Kenny Grant, you know, got an opportunity to, to work out with the Raptors and, you know, was invited to summer league. And also too that year we went on tour of the national team. So we went to Hamburg, right. we went to Nuremberg, um, and I happened to, to play really well. I, I ended up hitting it. I think the game winner, in Hamburg uh, against the German national team during that exhibition series. And right. the head coach of the German national team, Dirk Bauerman, um, you know, pretty much gave me a contract, uh, made me an offer after that tournament uh, right. to, to, to play with Bamberg. And, you know, I, at the time I didn't really know much uh, about European basketball, but, you know, my agent told me that Bamberg is a, is a high level club and um, was a cup team. And, you know, that, you know, Bamberg, Germany, you know, was, was, was where everything got started for me. Um, and honestly, it was great. You know, even though I didn't end up finishing the year with them, you know, like just being able to play with an older group of guys. Um, and one player in particular, in particular, took me under his wing. And there was so much that I needed to learn. Like I was, when I got over there, I was traveling. I didn't understand like the, the, the cross step. I was still sweeping, um, right. you know, like playing pick and roll, you know, hitting the weak side guy, you know, I was coming off, to, I was coming off every screen looking to score, right? Like there, there are things that, that they didn't necessarily teach us, you know, at, at Fordham. Um, right. So I had to learn on the fly, but just being around those guys, it, it was, it was a great experience. Like, honestly, if I could do it all over again, like out of signed, even though, you know, I didn't finish out. Ended up finishing the year in Poland. It was a great learning experience, and and, and Bamberg was a you know great city. What um, you know, you had a a long career overseas. You know, stops in Spain and France, Croatia, Greece, and obviously Germany. You know, uh, what are your best memories over there? Obviously, new cultures, new friends, um, and obviously make uh, playing a game for a living, but. Uh, Take us through some of your favorite memories overseas, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first, like I said, Bamberg, you know, nothing yeah. can replace the, it's like the, you know, first love. Um, right. But I would say when I, when I got to Croatia in 2009, um, right. you know, it was the first time that I wasn't around, you know, other import players. So it was a period of time where I was the only import on the team. So right. I had to, I had to, 
somewhat like assimilate to the Yugoslavian style of play. Um, you know, but I think that like helped, like helped my game tremendously, right? Like that's right. where I think where I learned how to play pick and roll and make reads and, you know, being the only import on the floor, I had to move the ball. Um, you know, and we ended up finishing, we ended up finishing first throughout the regular season and we ended up losing in the playoffs. But, you know, that year, you know, you know, first time being in, in, in Yugoslavia. And then I would say when I was in Montenegro, you know, we ended up winning a championship um, uh, and there. And it was during the lockout year. So I was playing with okay. um, you know, Nikola Vucevic um, and those guys. And, you know, we, we finished top eight in, in Euro Cup and made it to the final four in the Adriatic League in, in, in Tel Aviv. Um, you know, that year was fun. But, you know, Greece was great because of the nightlife, you know, being in Athens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great food. And, um, you know, there are so many, there are so many like imports, right? Like there are so many teams in, in Athens and, you know, um, there were a lot of women as well too, that were playing from the U S you know, so it was like, it was like a one big, you know, fraternity, right. Sorority. Cool. And like, you know, we, we had cool. fun out there. Um, but to be honest, like every, like every country that I, that I played in, regardless of things went well or not, like it was just, a, I would say like just a great learning experience. Like I, I try to learn something um, from every situation and, and right. everywhere, even, you know, Russia, like, you know, like there are a lot of things that like I, I didn't necessarily like, um, but I made some incredible friends there. You know, my, my teammates in, in, in Yugoslavia, you know, I, I still talk to, uh, to, you know, to this day, you know, and, um, it's, it's just, it's just honestly, there, there, there's so many memories that it's, it's yeah. hard to sum it up and, um, you know, in a minute, but it's, uh, like everything was a learning experience and I had, honestly, I had, I had tons of fun, you know, on did and you finish, sorry, did you finish up in Trier? Was that kind of like the last stop? Cause I think you and Buck. Did you not play in Trier with Buck for kind yeah, of yeah. last season? No, no. So yeah. no, I, no. After I finished up in Trier um, in 2015, I ended up going to to Spain uh, the okay. scene. So I went to Sevilla, and then I came back to Germany. Went to um, played in Braunschweig and went to France, and then I actually finished. I finished off in Montenegro in Monar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Buck and I, Jermaine and I, played together for for two years. And to be yeah. honest, to be honest, if it wasn't for the team folding we probably i'd probably still be there playing today <laughs> yeah yeah no, <laughs> no i would no, have been done but you know the, the the team you know had uh financial issues and they had to, right. they had to fold and and he's working for them now and they're, they're trying to make their way back into the uh the first league but right. you, you know those years right being around buckner and you know seeing his first child you know, seeing his wife give, give birth to his first child uh, in Trier, like, like you can't, you can't replace those experiences. You know, for sure. Man, you know, for being sure. around, being around him and his family, you know, it was a great, great experience. Yeah. Um, listen, obviously, here on Canada Hoops Rock, we love to uh, talk about Canada basketball, especially with guests who have played for the program. You had an outstanding career playing for Canada, and you have, in my opinion, cemented yourself as a true warrior for Canada basketball. Um, you know, what did playing for Canada mean for you personally? Just that that sacrifice and, um, 
you know, where does the program ultimately rank for you in terms of your career, man? Man, I mean, so, um, so it was everything, you know, I right. think it was, it was the, the only time, you know, throughout my career where it was just, it was, it was, it was pure, you know, the, the only goal was to qualify for the worlds or to qualify for the Olympics, right? Like right. being overseas, you know, obviously you like, you have to perform, you know, the, the, final, the, the your contract, et cetera, you know, the pressure, Right. But the pressure of playing for the national team was a pressure that we put on ourselves um, to represent Canada, you know, the best way that we possibly could. And, right. you know, coming back summer after summer and, 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 and being around those guys, like we all had the same goal. Right. There was there was nothing else. There was, you know, if I scored two points, 20, it didn't matter as long as we won the game, um, right. as long as we were able to qualify. And it was it, 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 playing, 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 playing for Canada sort of brought back like those childhood memories, right? Like when you go back to the park and you just play, you're just playing. There's nothing on the line. You're just competing, right? right. And, and and that's how it felt for me, right? Because it was just like, okay, like oh, okay, I'm done with my situation overseas. Now I could come back and not have to worry about any BS, and just focus on the goal. Right. right. And and that for me was, was somewhat special. Um, and, and, and that's why I, I, I came back, you know, summer after summer, like it, it was, it was never a question whether I was going to play for the team or not. Just a matter of when, <laughs> when was I going to get there? Well, you hit it on the head cause you know, making the notes for the, the conversation today, rock, you know, there's an article Canada basketball has on the website. You know, and it's, it's titled Canada Basketball is Forever Jermaine Anderson. And, you know, there's a few guys that come to my mind that really embody the program and just that I'm going to play every summer no matter what, um, just because I love the game and I love my country. And, uh, you know, you're you're in that list for me just in terms of always willing to play. I just think, um, you know, you were, you were on so many rosters that um, when I was looking at it, he played on some great squads, you know, with some of the all-time greats for the program and many of whom are, are friends and guests of ours here on Canada Hoops. Um, you know, just when you look at those rosters, like it's rare to see a guy consistently there for 10, 11, 12 years. You're one of them. Do you, have you given much time to think back about, man, like some of those squads and, and the teammates like, a, you know, a Carl and, Levon's played a lot and, and Brady and Shep, Jesse Young, and then you're you're playing with a young uh Corey and Tristan who uh, yeah. started to establish so started to establish some NBA pedigree. Like just you know, take us through some of those rosters and those teammates, maybe guys that really stand out for you that you didn't know that well and then you got to really know through the program. Just just talk about you know, some of those special teammates and teams, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, you name some of the guys that, you know, I was going to mention like, you know, like Jesse Young, right. Like right. warrior, you know, great guy off the court. Um, right. You know, and at the time he was, you know, the pros pro, right. Like he was already in Spain, like five or six yeah. years, you know, by the time, um, you know, I was making my way, um, you know, door to camp, Right. Like 
a guy that he's still there. <laughs> guy that he has still still at it. Aaron's still uh, there, still man. going, still going. I know, right? But that's a guy that you you want to bring in a foxhole with, right? Like you, that, yeah. That's a guy that you want behind you. Um, you're yeah. going to battle, um, you know, you know, Javon and Joel, you know, um, playing with those yeah. guys. Um, you know, Carl, you know, the, you know, flashy, you know, so, you know, the, the, the Hollywood guy from out East, um, yeah, yeah. you know, but, you know, and, and then, you know, Andy, and came on, you know, he was a little bit yeah. younger and, and, and old and obviously, you know, denim in the early years. Um, but just shout out denim. Yeah. Shout out denim. You know, yeah. he's, you know, he's a pioneer as well, but yeah. like, you know, just, just, just being around those guys, like I learned so much. Right. And, and, you know, in Dorna camp and, and, and Jesse, I didn't know, but we formed an, uh, an incredible bond. Um, you know, Levon as well too, like, you know, just right. like a kind soul and, you know, he walks around with like a, you know, harmonica and you know, he might, yeah. might have a guitar. You yeah. never really know. Um, yeah. But just being able to see guys and, and, and how they, you know, operate, you know, off the court. Right. And, you know, being able to learn from them um, and how they do different things. And, you know, I remember Jesse, you know, we had like a, I can't remember where we were, but, you know, we were talking about like just like taxes and, you know, being overseas and, you know, different things that you could do, um, you know, to just to help with that, you know, and the benefits of, of um, registering as a non-resident and a resident, all that stuff. Right. And, right. you know, like he was like the first, I would say like I actually had like a conversation like that with, you know, um, about like the financial side of being overseas, you know? So, you know, like I said, like those guys are family. Um, right. You know, and I would say like the team, you know, for me is uh, probably, I guess the most special is the 2019, right. When we qualified for the worlds, right. So that team right. in Puerto Rico um, and, you know, we were scratching and, climb to to qualify for for a major um competition and you know being able to to get it done against dominican republic uh with those guys and the celebration afterwards is you know something that right. that i'll never forget for sure was that the same summer that the, the big fight broke out against italy yeah i think, I think that, so it might have been yeah it might have been the uh our exhibition series that summer i can't remember yeah. But yeah, that we, was, uh, with Dornick Camp and Andy. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Because um, you took the ball you took the ball to the hoop on that play, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I drove. And then I looked back, and all of a sudden, it was like a melee. And I remember just jumping on somebody's back to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to get them off, to get them off Jesse. <laughs> and, and Leo was fired up, too. Leo was ready to. Yeah, Leo was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, what, just talk about Leo real quick, because Leo was. Uh, a big fan of your game mm-hmm. and, and you as a person. And, you know, and I just remember Leo saying like that was coming out of the, the Steve Nash era. Steve was done with the national team and he said, rocks our guy. This is our point guard. And, um, he's going to lead us, you know, just talk about that relationship with Leo and just knowing that your, your coach is so confident in you, uh, as, as his yeah, point guard. No, I know. Honestly, I, I love Leo, you know, Leo, Leo, Leo in many ways is, is, is a father figure. Right. Um, you know, to me and, and he's from day one, um, he's always been, you know, extremely honest. I remember we we're in the airport and, 
pretty much just, I, I was upset about something. It might have been like my playing time or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. But came up to me and was just like, look, like, you're not that good. You're not as good as you think you are. Um, you still have a lot to learn. Pretty much said like I was, I was crap. Um, right. And he's like, there's no, there's, I shouldn't be mad at all. There's no reason for me to be upset. Um, just continue to get better. And that's something that always stuck with me. I didn't take it personal. I just knew that I had to, to continue to work. And, you know, he saw that I didn't take it personally. And I would say after that, like our relationship just blossomed. Right. And, right. you know, he invites me to his home and you know, we drink wine and we relax and, um, you know, but he's always been extremely supportive um, of me and everything that, I, that that I'm doing. And I reach out to him about like relationship advice, just anything, right? Like just, right. it's more, it's more than just basketball. And, you know, Leo was a, was a player's coach. Um, and, and he was extremely honest with each and every one of us. And, you know, he didn't take crap from anybody, you right. know, and, and we all respected him, respected it, uh, respected him for it. Um, and yeah, you could say about like his coaching experience or whatever, but, um, I thought like everything that he did and everything that he implemented was, um, in, in, in many ways put all of us in, in a position to succeed. And, right. you know, there are other things like, um, outside, outside of our control, but man, I love Leo. Like that's, that's my guy that to the end, like, like I said, to this day, you know, I, I hit him up on, on Father's Day and Christmas, Thanksgiving, and nice. you know, we hang out and, you know, he's family. Nice. Shout out Leo. And, Leo. Um, got lots of love for Leo. He's joined us uh, early in the pro, uh, podcast when I wasn't very good as a host, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I had Carl and Leo in, the, in my first two episodes, and I was like, you know, somebody's looking out for me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, major love to Leo and the program at the time. Um, you know, and the program didn't have a lot of money and that kind of thing. Yeah, you guys yeah. Were putting in the you guys were putting in the work to uh, to put the program in a better place. That kind of touches on my next point. You know, do, do you look back on your time with the program as you and along with others, you know, growing the game in the country, growing the program, and, and really setting up Canada basketball perhaps to where it is now, um, where, you know, obviously there's much discussion about the talent and the program. More guys uh, at the for the men's level seem to be – bought in like are you able to look back and say yeah like we kind of you know we helped build this and we set the path yeah i mean we we went through the the grind i would say we went through the grind years you know i sure you know i look at it now like uh you know i I was around long enough to to uh see when we were you know at hummer college in in dorm rooms um you know and then you know towards the end right like we're staying in you know nice hotels and um, you know, we started getting, you know, corporate sponsors and private sponsorships, but, you know, this, this, this seeing that process, you know, obviously our young guys will never know. Right. right. But, you know, I could definitely look back and say, you know what, like we, like, yeah, we, we you know, we went through the door and we took a, cu- a couple bullets, um, you know, to help the next generation. And that's what it's all about. Right. And if you sure. ask guys that, played before me they might look at our situation and say that oh wow like they had everything right and they might say it was ideal um right right and that's what it's all that's what it's all about right like we 
I think there are times when like older players or people from the, 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 the past, you know, are somewhat like bitter um, for, for whatever reason. Um, but I think like, you know, we need to, as, as older former players, like we need to celebrate our, our young guys and, and it should be, it should be better. Like if, if I, I would be extremely upset if, you know, our, our, our guys now were still living in or not living, but like being housed at Humber or any dorm. Right. Right. Through, right. Throughout the summer, um, you know, especially our senior guys. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's supposed to get better. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that I was a part of the process, you know, to, to, to help these guys moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I actually went to the game in Victoria there uh, at the end of August, uh, the World Cup qualifier game there. And, um, you know, Canada basketball kind of set me up with media stuff. But anyway, they just seeing how the program approaches things now, um, it's in a good spot. And I don't think that happens without, you know, your era, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I wanted to touch on. And, um, you know, the future is bright. And when we have a guy like Shea committing, um, mm-hmm. And I think he recognizes the work that was put in by your your generation, so to speak, and uh, he's looking to carry that forward. So it's exciting. Um, Rock, do you have a top five or favorite five of all time for Canada basketball? I do. I do. Um, yeah. This is a, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. But right. you know, I, I, went, I went with my guy. So I would say the first is uh, Steve. Steve Nash, um, you know, just being able to work with him that summer, I think it, it helped shape shape my career. And I, right. you know, pick his brain every day, ask him, ask him a million questions, and he didn't tell me to kick rock. So you know, I'm gonna go with Steve, <laughs> Steve Nash, yeah. number one. Um, second, I'm gonna go with Denim Brown, because right, he was the the guy that was in my era, and he actually played with that group. And seeing what he was able to do, um, you know, as my peer, uh, was extremely right. encouraging for me. So I'm gonna go with, with Denim. Third, I'm gonna go with my man Dorna Camp. Um, nice. You know, like I said, he was he, he played big for us in, in 2009, and like nice. I said, he gotten probably more fights than anybody. But you know, right. I think we needed that because I think we we had this. Uh, you know, people looked at us looked at us as somewhat soft, right? And right. and and at camp and and Andy and many ways were like our enforcers. Uh, so right. I'm gonna go with with um, Dornick camp. I'm gonna go with Jay Young um, as well. You know, yeah. as, as that you know, captain, elder statesman, um, and he was always on call. And then for five, I'm actually gonna go with uh, a group. So. I'm going to say RJ, but I'm going to say the entire 2017 team because nice, man. that team is, is on the men's side. It's the only gold medal, you know, only gold right. medal that we have, um, you know, within the organization. And I think all those guys need to be celebrated, you know. So obviously RJ um, was the leader of that group, but that entire right. team, you know, that's going to round out my, uh, my Canada basketball top five. Love it, man. That's that's a special group and um, some of my faves in there for sure, no doubt. Uh, 
Hey, Rock, any shout-outs or thank yous, man, before I get you out of here? We, we appreciate you joining us. Man. Yeah, honestly, man, honestly, I want to thank you for, um, you know, creating a platform to, to, to highlight us. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's really cool um, that you're looking back at the, the past and, you know, you're connection, connecting it to, um, to the future and, and to the present. Uh, so I want to thank you. And honestly, I just want to thank, you know, the organization, you know, um, right. you know Canada Basketball for – providing an opportunity for me to play travel the world. And, um, and I also work for the organization as well too. When I, when I, you know, first year after I retired, um, so kind of basketball for sure, but you know, everybody, you know, the, the honey badgers, you know, I want to thank John Lashway, our president for the opportunity, um, you know, Ryan Schmidt, you know, for, for leading our, our, our coaching staff and, um, you know, for being an, an incredible friend, um, but honestly, just the community, you know, everybody that's supporting 50 for free, you know, Toronto um, and this is the entire country, you know, that's supporting, you know, Canada basketball and uh, the growth and development um, of our athletes, coaches, front office staff, you know, the CBL um, for pro- providing an opportunity for all of us. And, you know, let's, right. let's continue to, to push this thing forward. And, you know, you know, I'm forever, forever grateful for, for everybody and, you know, my teammates overseas as well, my former teammates. Yeah, man, well done. You know, we uh, we were thankful that you could take the time to join us and, um, you know, keep doing the great work you're doing with 50 for free and with the Hamilton Honey Bandages, you know. Be well, Rock. Much love to you, man. I appreciate you, man. God bless. And, uh, you know, looking forward to future episodes, you know, to see who, see who you have next. Hey, well, we mentioned denim. I got denim on the on the run <laughs> here, but uh, we've had a hard we've had a hard time locking down a date. Yeah, um, but what we're we'll get that done, and and I'm looking forward to that. And others, uh, that wraps up another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Jermaine Rock Anderson for pulling up. Thank you for listening. Keep downloading and sharing us. Rate and review Canada Hoops wherever you get your podcast. Keep supporting Canada basketball and our Canadian Hoopers, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoop.